Welcome to the Broken Vessels Podcast. Jeremiah 18.4 states, And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to do. This is the Broken Vessels Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Simpkins. This is a podcast where we have discussions on theological themes for the broken to bring encouragement and hope in Christ. Well, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Broken Vessels Podcast, and this is just kind of a little bit of a special episode. You'll probably notice the sound is just maybe a little bit different. My wife, Laura, and I are in Wausau, Wisconsin right now, Rothschild to be exact. I probably said that wrong, didn't I? (laughs) Wausau, Wisconsin. There, I said it right. I'm not from Wisconsin, so I'm being offensive. Anyway... We're really glad to be here because we are here with my friend Brad Kafer from Theology for the Broken Church, which we were so excited to be able to come and visit him and his wife, Bethany. And we're staying at the home of Brad and Jennifer Moody, who you all know we've had on the podcast before to talk about their story. And then Jennifer has been on several episodes with us talking about patriarchalism. She was on with Emily Elizabeth Anderson when we talked about Gothardism because Jen came out of that as well. And then she also was on our spiritual abuse live stream. You all will remember her being on that. And so just really thankful to be here and to actually get to meet in person and to fellowship with Brad and Jennifer and Brad and Bethany. We have really enjoyed our time so far here today. We got to hang out around the campfire last night and just had really good fellowship, really good conversation, talking about what the Lord has done in our lives and things that he's been showing us. And then also being able to join them for church at their church this morning and meet Pastor Tony, who I've heard so many great things about at their church and heard a great gospel message this morning and about how important the church is for us in our lives. So now I decided I wanted to record an episode with all of us together with our wives and just talking about really just kind of us hanging out and talking a little bit. We're actually getting ready to go to a Stephen Curtis Chapman concert. One of my heroes, a guy that I've been listening to since I was in college way back in the 90s. And you all will remember, I think it was like maybe the third or fourth episode. I actually posted where I got to interview him just a little bit. So anyway, we're going to go to a Stephen Curtis Chapman concert here in just about 30 minutes and really looking forward to that. We're just going to talk a little bit about how God has transformed our lives through a lot of the things that we talk about on the Broken Vessels podcast, things like law gospel distinction, things like being confessionally reformed, understanding redemptive historic reformation type things, becoming reformed in the sense that we believe in the doctrines of grace and the sovereignty of God and the freedom that that theology, which we talk about, theological themes for the broken to bring hope and encouragement in Christ. That's really what these doctrines do for us. They bring us encouragement and hope in Christ, and they bring healing to our lives and to the brokenness that we face from bad theology. And so who wants to start? Brad Kafer. (laughs) He's always ready to talk. So Brad, go ahead and just share with the listeners a little bit about well, you, you've shared your story, but you can go ahead and start, and then we'll just go around in a circle. Yeah, Josh, it's great to be back with you. I'm in a little different context than Theology for the Broken Church. Obviously, in the episode 
I did with you the first time, I shared my story of brokenness and how I've been a part of many different denominations and had various theological convictions along the way, but how coming to understand Calvinism, Reformed theology, and things like this ended up bringing me a lot of freedom. And any system can be misunderstood or weaponized against people of God. Any leader can become abusive, but there are theological truths, obviously, as you know, in scripture that are helpful and God gave us the gospel and Christ has his heart. So when good theology is done well, it brings a lot of freedom and healing. And that's kind of the whole premise of your podcast. Still, it's been a journey. I did not have reform categories at all growing up and then being dispensational context and charismatic context and Calvangelical context. And even still, I'm still learning. Today, Pastor Tony had a great message on the covenants and corporate worship and the means of grace is covenant renewal, kind of talking about the covenant of works and the covenant of Sinai. And, and there's still stuff I got to work through. I just had a reformed pastor reach out to me, pushing back on something I shared on Theocast in light of Tony's sermon. And I'm like, huh, I guess I'll have to work through that more. So it's, it's a journey and we're all in different places, but there's some core elements of the gospel that when you get those right and you understand the heart and the spirit of Christ and you see good pastors, it makes a big difference in the healing journey. And so that's been a big part of my story and learning to even relate to myself on the basis of compassionate understanding, because that's how Jesus relates to me. You know, a lot of the transformation has come through understanding the Imago Dei, that I'm valuable, that I was made very good in the image of God. and I'm Jesus's idea. So there's so many different things that are actually rooted in true historic Christianity that bring a lot of healing and freedom, which makes sense because truth will set you free. Yeah, it's been it's been a lifetime of learning, but it's also just been a great weekend of fellowship and there's always something more to, to study and grow in. Okay, well, I'd like to thank you for sharing that, Brad. And uh, you all remember Brad Moody. He's been on the on the program before and shared kind of his story and him and his wife, Jen, who's with us. But Brad, just maybe one or two things that you'd like to emphasize about understanding these categories and really understanding the gospel that has just affected you and put your feet more on solid ground, I suppose you would say. Thanks. Josh, and it's good to be with you again. A few things that come to mind off the top of my head is just thinking of the sovereignty of God. Um, I was raised in an environment where they believed that God was sovereign, but man's will always trumped God's sovereignty, so to speak, where he's in control of things, but he doesn't control man or force man to do things against his will. So there was this aspect where it almost felt like God wasn't in control of that. So if God was going to control someone or something and we prayed for the government or something, it almost seemed like God would control environments or the weather or happenings in things around them to try to manipulate the government's behavior or things of that nature. And the same for us in our lives, but God wasn't sovereign over man individually. It just brought left me very confused oftentimes seeing uh, friends go through things and even things in my life. And we're supposed to pray that God would intervene or heal or that he would guide through these circumstances. But it was hard to really trust him and have faith that he is good and in control because I always doubted, well, how much really is God in control of that then? And I think that coming to really understand God's sovereignty, even over man, and man still has a free will, so to speak, but it is bound by its nature. So we still believe that man isn't a robot, but God has the ability to change man's will. And the rest that has brought in my own desire to witness and 
be a gospel testimony to others, knowing that if I screw this up or I say the wrong thing, their eternity isn't hinging on whether I get this right or not, but like God is in control and he can use us in his way, in his time. And that's just brought me a lot of peace in interacting with people. Another aspect that comes to mind is God's love and kindness, because I think that oftentimes I had a really law based view of man or of God rather it felt like our standing with God hinged on our obedience and how well we pleased God and how well we lived up to his expectation and his law sometimes Jen and I would comment about different things you remember and and you'd feel if we screw this up God's just waiting around the corner to beat us over the head because we failed him again and to know that his grace is sufficient and the gospel is good news We can rest in his work on our behalf and know that we will not keep the law as he expects. And yet it's that very understanding and that very thing that drives us to Christ to trust him and not ourselves and not in our ability to do anything to please him, but to know that it's his goodness and his kindness that brings us in grace to rest in him and that we can trust in him. And um, that's kind of just an offshoot of the law gospel distinction, just understanding the law is not the gospel and the gospel is not law. <laughs> that The proper use of the law historically by the reformers and to understand scripture in that light based on covenant theology, there's so many implications that doctrine alone has influenced area after area of our lives. And we continue to find ourselves growing in trust in him and resting in him. And we see him working and changing us that he is good, he's a good father, and that he loves his children. That's awesome. That's Those are just a few things that come to my mind spur of the moment. Thank you. Well, that's true. That's good. For me, a lot of what you said, like that was a lot of the things that impacted me when I began to understand Reformed theology, specifically when I got into the place where I transitioned from being dispensational understanding to a covenantal understanding and really coming to understand what it really means for God to be sovereign, understanding the doctrines of grace and in the proper sense of the word. I mean, this episode here is going to hit right after Brad and I on Theology for the Broken Church just talked about how Calvinism can go bad, how it can actually be used or weaponized against God's children, or even having a bad understanding of the doctrines of grace can actually bring brokenness to us. But if you understand them properly from not only the biblical but historical context, it actually brings hope and freedom in Christ because you really understand that it's all God and it's all His love and grace for us, and it's not anything that we do and he is truly sovereign. He truly is in control. We have no part in it. (laughs) It's all God. It's not us, you know, and that's hard for all of us because we all come from contexts where we were always taught that, yeah, it's God, but you always have to do your part. Like you have some kind of a, some kind of skin in the game, something you have to do. And a lot of times it was almost like the things that we were responsible for somehow we were going to be like strong arming God or manipulating God to get him to do what we wanted him to do. Things that come to my mind are, you know, when we come to prayer and, you know, it's almost like we're praying to try to change God's mind or like they'll say it, they'll say he's omniscient. They'll say, like you said, they'll say he's sovereign, but they mean something different. It's a, it doesn't mean full on sovereign and does not mean full on omniscient because somehow you can do something that's going to like 
take God by surprise and then he's going to be angry with you and he's going to punish you, you know, and stuff like that. And so when I really came to understand the sovereignty of God, that was a game changer for me. And then I've shared on the podcast as well, like understanding the active as well as the passive obedience of Christ and justification. I mean, that was freedom to understand that I'm justified not because of what I do. I'm justified because of what Christ came and did. And that was huge, very big. Well, I have my beautiful wife, Lara, sitting right next to me, and I'm, I'm going to let her share a little bit. She's never been on the program. She's a little nervous, but that's okay. One of the things that I really love about my wife, one of the many, many, many things that I love about my wife, is that when we first met, I began to share doctrines of the Reformed faith with her. And these are things that she had never really heard or understood in the past. And I kind of knew when we were dating, I was like, I'm just going to lay it out for her. I'm, either she's going to be like, this dude's nuts, or she's going to accept it. And if she accepts it, then I know she's definitely the one for me. So, babe, why don't you go ahead and just share a little bit about that process that we kind of went through a little bit and kind of like what that meant to you when the light bulb came on for you. Okay. Thanks for letting me join with you guys. So, yeah, my understanding of Reformed theology is really not even quite in two years. So I'm still doing a lot of learning. And although I was raised in the church, I think I certainly was seeking clarity for things that I didn't understand when I was growing up and teaching. And I definitely jumped around to a lot of different denominations, kind of searching for the rest that I think I never understood until I came to a Reformed understanding. And I think probably the first thing that popped in my head when I just understood about Christ's sovereignty, about his choosing me, his keeping me, his sanctifying of me. I felt really humble that he would love me enough to choose me, knowing that I'm such a sinner and so unworthy of his love. That then probably brought me to a place of freedom. I know I think you've used that word already too. It allowed me to be less severe on myself and has allowed me to be less severe as a mother and as a wife and as a friend because I know that there isn't anything that I could do to make another person believe or walk the way they're supposed to or even that I cannot save my own children. Certainly I want to raise them in a Christian home, but their salvation is not in my hands and it's so great to not have that burden of knowing that I have to be responsible for my actions and their actions actions and my spouse's actions, that God does all that for me. So it just brings a lot of freedom and a lot of rest. And I think probably the other real big thing that I really enjoyed is the historical understanding of the scriptures. I certainly grew up with the idea that this is your handbook and you go to the Bible and it tells you, you know, what house to buy and what school to attend and what clothes to wear. But understanding really that this is a historical overarching view of Christ from creation through the fall, through the resurrection and understanding the the scripture in the times that they were written and to the people that they were written has really opened my eyes just to, I think, a better overarching understanding of scripture. Yeah. And one thing that my wife, she loves 40 Minutes in the Old Testament with Chad Bird, right? You, you, she, she loves that podcast. So, And if you want to really understand the Old Testament and the fact that it's not this thing that you take and you moralize the story 
stories to tell you how to live your life today. That's not what it's about. It's a redemptive historical narrative of the redemption of Christ for his people. That's what it's about. I think that's a really important thing to understand. That's something that has also been pretty impactful for me as well. So we're going to go over here to Bethany. This is Brad Kafer's wife, and she's going to share how God has used these doctrines of the Reformed faith to really bring her hope and encouragement in Christ. Hello, I'm Bethany Kafer. I came to understand Reformed theology alongside Brad as he studied after we were married and more so in the past few years. I grew up in a church with a dispensational Baptist background, so it's been a journey of growing. One thing I realize now is that dispensationalist teachings can be fear-inducing and sensational. Coming to a covenantal understanding takes away a lot of the what if around end times or even just the day to day. It gives more hope and confidence in Christ. So Reformed theology has also given me a better understanding of God's good character and his love, which can be at odds in some of the teaching in non-Reformed circles. Yeah, for sure. And I think all of us could say that probably family gatherings with some of the folks that we love very much in our families can be a little tense at times, but we try to show grace and we try to be gracious in the way that we share these truths, right? I mean, you know, we try to be winsome. We don't want to be cage stage Calvinists or cage stage reform people. You know, we, we try to be gracious because, hey, all of us were at a point where we didn't understand this. Laura and I were actually talking about this on the way home. There's so many people that don't really understand and it's not really completely their fault that they don't understand. Even some church leaders that are teaching these things, it's just that maybe they're just not ready to receive it yet or to really get it yet. I mean, it's on God's timing. Because I know every single one of us, like me and Brad Kafer, we've talked about what would we have said to ourselves, like say five, 10 years ago, if we started talking about this to ourselves, we'd be like, get away from me, you heretic, you know, or something like that. So, well, you all know Jen very well. She's been on the podcast several times. And gonna let her share now just a few things that God has used in her life to help her with understanding these reformed doctrines of the faith and how it's brought her hope and freedom. Hi guys, always good to be on the Broken Vessels podcast. So if you listened to episode 28, where Brad and I gave our testimony there, um, you kind of know I was raised independent fundamental Baptist with a very strong Bill Gothard influence. And Gothard is very principles driven. So formula, basically A plus B equals C, follow these principles and you'll have a great, wonderful life. With that being a girl growing up with purity culture, it was very much formula and principles driven. Don't date, marry the first guy that... <laughs> You date because dating is only for marriage. Save sex until marriage and you'll have a wonderful marriage. So with that background, I really struggled with if I do wrong, then God's going to punish me and I won't have a good life. I struggled a lot with assurance because there was in kind of implicit teaching that said that, you know, Christians stop sinning. You know, there were always the testimonies of I smoked and drank and slept around and I got saved and God took all those desires away from me and I no longer do any of those things. So me continuing to sin, I just constantly was afraid that I was not saved. So Coming to understand election really helped me with my assurance. 
if it's not up to me to be sincere enough and to be repentant enough, then I can rest in Christ. And I can know that because my faith, according to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, is a gift from God and it doesn't rely on my works, then I can rest in him. Then with that, as Laura had said, then I can rest in him even in the raising of my children, that I don't have to have this formula and make sure that I'm doing it right so that my kids don't fall away. Also, covenant theology really, again, I think my theme is just rest in Christ. There was so much fear and dread and worry that if I didn't do it right, I would screw everything up. And so coming to understand covenant theology and Christ being faithful for me. Psalm 136 is one of my favorite psalms because every verse talks about the faithful love of God. Depending on the version, it would also be the steadfast love of God. So that really helps me come to a place of rest knowing that I didn't have to strive to be faithful to Christ because he was faithful for me. A little bit of Reformed theology aside, just learning about Hagar and that she was the first one to name God. And the name she gave was El Roy, which means the God who sees. And the last few years, again, if you've heard our episode, you know, I was in an abusive marriage for years and I felt unseen. And coming to that place of knowing that God sees me has led me to a place of wanting to show other women that God sees them, that God loves and cares for the oppressed. The Psalms is full of that. And that God is big enough to handle our emotions, all of them, our good and our bad, and our doubts, questions, and our unbelief. So really, those things have given me whole peace and rest after having so many years of doubt, worry, fear, and feeling unseen and unknown. Well, I think all of us, it's kind of interesting. I think each one of us talked about when we didn't have these categories and these understandings. Specifically, most of us came from dispensational. I think all of us came from dispensational backgrounds. Becoming covenantal was huge. It really helps you, which is interesting because we had a really good schooling on covenantalism this morning at church, which was really good. But really coming to understand covenantalism, again, understanding the doctrines of grace, understanding the sovereignty of God, it makes all that fear. God is no longer the angry father up in heaven that's going to like whoop you where you know you I, how many of you ever heard a, a sermon about god taking you out to the woodshed I, I i've definitely heard a sermon about that <laughs> i don't i no longer fear god because i'm in christ I, i'm in union with christ when god looks at me he looks at me through jesus he looks at me at the same as as his only begotten son man that takes away a lot of fear <laughs> that, that takes away all the fear many times we still because of our flesh and we still live in this body of flesh, we'll revert back to some of that fear and some of that anxiety. But then that's when we always come back to the objective truth, Christ for you. <laughs> and what the pastor talked about this morning, the importance of the corporate gathering each Sunday, that's the reason we all come back together every Sunday and partake in that means of grace, because we need to be reminded Christ for you. We need to be reminded you don't have to fear this is for you. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood that was shed for you. And man, there's nothing better than that. 
Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, this has been a wonderful weekend. It's been a kind of a whirlwind of a weekend because it's been a quick trip, which is interesting because they have quick trip up here in Wisconsin. <laughs> that was, I did not mean to do that, but that actually worked out pretty well. This has been a quick trip for us, not the gas station, but the, the trip itself. Man, we we have just had such a great time. I, I told Brad, I said, man, buddy, I cannot, well, both of the, the Brads, I'm like, you guys are probably wondering, which Brad is he talking about? I told Brad Kafer, I said, dude, I cannot wait to give you the biggest bear hug in the world. And I sure as heck did when when he we finally saw each other, man. It was just great. I, I tell you what, like, here's something about understanding these things and about when you really understand the gospel and you really come to just connect with the body of Christ. It's like your family. And and not only that, it's like we've never met each other in person. I mean, we, we've had a relationship over Marco Polo for months and months, but we've never met each other in person. I mean, I've had Brad, he's been co-hosting the podcast for what, four or five months now? Six months, yeah. And we've never met in person, but I tell you what, it's like we've known each other for years when we were here and we've had such great fellowship and it's just been so sweet to be with people that we know get it and who love the Lord and love the gospel and just love others. And it's been a wonderful experience and hopefully Hopefully there will be many more. In fact, I think you all need to come down to Kentucky and visit sometime because that would be a good time. But uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, understanding these doctrines, understanding theological themes that will bring you hope and encouragement in Christ to help bring you out of the brokenness that we all talked about that we've been through because of our misunderstanding. And once you understand these things, it brings you hope and encouragement in Christ. It brings freedom. My wife said it. Jen said it. Brad said it. Everybody here said it. It brings freedom. It can bring you freedom too. And my wife has said, you know, she's still working through these things. Bethany is still working through these things. Me and Brad and Brad and Jen, we're still working through these things. You may still be working through these things, but we're here to help point you to these objective truths. So you don't have to live in the subjective fear that we all were brought up in any longer. So just keep on listening to the Broken Vessels podcast because we got some good stuff coming. We'll see you on the next episode.